Hey folks, welcome to an interview-only episode of the FLW Bass Fishing Podcast. Um, this show is with Brian Latimer. Obviously, when the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit uh, roster came out just before Christmas, it was pretty big news uh, that BLAT is back. Uh, so, I went and I dove into that to an extent with him, and then just talked about uh, fishing and life and all sorts of stuff. Um, cause I love talking with BLAT. Um, I don't think that this show will necessarily answer all of your questions. Um, but if you were jonesing for some BLAT in your life, this should fill the bill. So, uh, without further ado, here's our man. Alrighty. And we are joined now, uh, by one of the newest members of the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit roster, a former BFL champion, a former FLW Tour champion, a gold medalist, and uh, dare I say, Belton, South Carolina's finest, Brian Latimer. (laughs) What's going on, Jody? I never thought I would have all of that attached to my name, a gold medalist. You are and though. the finest. You you would get some you get some blowback in belt saying I'm one of the finest anglers in belt. That's for sure. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know <laughs> that I've ever been to Belton, so I was kind of spitballing on that. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 definitely keep that part quiet. You're gonna get me. You're gonna get me. Uh, I'm gonna probably get some some blowback next time I go into Hardee's. All right. Well, you are undoubtedly my favorite person in Belton that I know. Uh. I don't know anyone I'll else in that. Belton, so <laughs> you I'll know. take that compliment for sure. Um, but anyway, man, I guess uh, first of all, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, yeah, same to you, man. I want to. You. I want to dive into our news first, and then we'll. Anytime you and I get on the phone, we talk for about forty minutes, so I don't think we're gonna have a problem filling time. But absolutely, dude. One of the highlights of the Pro Circuit roster is that you're back on it this year. Last year, well, in 2020, yeah. you fished the Bassmaster Opens. You had probably a lot of options this year. You know, there's the NPFL, there's a bunch of other things you could have you could have done. You make great YouTube videos. You could have done that. Um, yeah, right, but you're back. Right. Tell me about it. Yeah, so, you know, I just, uh, to very long story short, I want to fish for a lot of money. And man, they really, uh, I think the pro circuit payout in 21 is probably the best that it's been since, since I've been fishing. I, I started fishing the tour in 2016 and to my knowledge, the payout looks about the best it has since then. So, you know, money's always good and you know, the schedule's great. Moving into next year, uh, I like the way they kind of space things out. Like, I've always been an angler that I, I know some guys like to fish, you know, 15 tournaments, 13 tournaments a year or something like that. And I've tried that before, and, it's, and it seemed to be very counterproductive, uh, especially, like, early on when I was fishing the FLW Tour. It doesn't mean I won't ever do that again, but uh, I seem to, to perform best when I've got six to eight tournaments a year and I just focus on those six to eight tournaments a year. I don't know if it's the break in between that helps me. I'm not sure if it's uh, just 
you know, kind of focusing on, on one set of tournaments. I, I don't really know what it is, but I've tried to fish like some triple A's mixed in with tour level tournaments. And I just, it, it seemed, it seemed to be really counterproductive. Um, so I like the way it's laying out this year, uh, with the schedule and the money. So, you know, there's some motivation there. And, uh, so yeah, I'm, you know, I'm kind of really excited to kind of, kind of get back in the groove and fall in the pocket and, and, really concentrate on fishing again all right i gotta ask you this because obviously well fishing the pro circuit like the end goal for everyone on that is not necessarily to fish the bass pro tour but right. that is sort of your extra carrot is that something that is that something that interests you that you uh really are going to strive to make or is it something that would be great if it happened uh but also, you, I mean, you built a sex, successful career on the FLW Tour. Like, right. you, that right. can provide almost all you need, in a sense. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's a really interesting question. And, I, you know, I still ask myself that to this day. You know, I, obviously, uh, with the way the schedule lays out, I feel really good about it. And if I get in that top ten, you know, how excited would I be to get to the Bass Pro Tour? And, you know, I've, I've been kind of watching that from a distance, uh, for the last two or three years. And, you know, like just, just being like completely honest at first, I just wasn't, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And the more I look at it is, it's becoming more interesting. And I can see kind of, I can see myself doing that. Anytime you get something new, it's kind of hard to see yourself in that light. You know, like you, you just don't, you just don't know. Um, but you know, the more I kind of watch it, I like the fact that at the pro circuit, if you make the championship, you kind of get to, uh, to practice that format, which I think is really good. I would even like to see like in the future, uh, much like how they do the, the cup events for the Bass Pro Tour, maybe somehow if we could mix in one or two of those formats and through like, you know, the top 20 in points at a certain time throughout the year, just to kind of give you a taste of what that's like. Uh, I do think it's, you know, it's, it's interesting and I, and I'd love to, I'd love to at least try it, uh, because a lot of times what something looks like on TV versus what, what the actual experience is, is maybe different. So, you know, two years ago, I was like, no way. And now from watching it a while, I'm like, you know what, I kind of like to get, I'd like to taste that. And since I'm, since I'm so young in my career, like I've only been fishing professionally for five years and only two of those years, like strictly professional like fishing only so i'm young enough in my career where i can taste things like i can i can try things like i've got a lot of time in front of me so i can try things if i don't like it i can move on so that's the um that's pretty much the the carrot of it for me is is being able to kind of try things see what it's like see if i like it see if i don't and kind of make the correct decisions from there on out you know yeah and you know the the best way to get a taste of it is if you finish, I think it's in the top four at a pro circuit event. And maybe they'll drop that down, actually, if, you know, a BPT guy finishes in the top four, too. You can then get to go exactly. fish the next Bass Pro Tour event um, and right. just hop right, right in it at that level. And you get to swing for a win, too. You don't you don't worry about points or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that, that makes it really attractive. I think the more options the better. Um, but you know, there's either way, here's the thing that I love about it right now is 
you know, like obviously, as you mentioned, I fished the Bassmaster Opens this past year, which is great. I learned a lot, especially with COVID. You know, we had all the events in the in the fall time, so that really, really pressed me to to do some styles of fishing and bodies of water that I never fished. But what I do like about the way uh, the schedules kind of put out next year, I get to just experiment with a whole bunch of different things. I can fish the catchway release. I can do the traditional five. It doesn't matter. You've got your choice now. Like you can, if you like just five fish limits, fish the pro circuit. You want to try something this new format with the catchway release? You can you can do that too. So you know you've got options, and then, you know the more options, the better. So that uh, I, I like the fact that that you know you can make a living a couple different ways. Yeah, this is kind of a maybe an aside, but have you ever fished a catchway release type thing even for fun? Because there's a lot of no. I mean, I know people have done it like. You know, they just go out and do it, but you never have? You know, other than shooting a couple YouTube videos where we've done something similar, like on our own, I have not. That's the only time I've ever done anything like it, but not in a true competitive format. I have not done it that way yet. Okay. Well, I, you know, getting to see it at the um, at the title this year, it was interesting because, for one, those tournaments, they're very long tournaments, <laughs> Uh, like you right, don't realize, right. <laughs> yeah, it's six days and with no takeoff, with no weigh in, like you have, I mean, you, you realistically have more time to fish, uh, because right. you're right. not worrying about runtime and stuff like that. Uh, in a lot of cases, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome because that is, I don't think people that don't fish events realize how stressful getting to your area and getting back is. Yeah. Like that is Dude, the most stressful part of the day. Getting just getting and even like getting back on time. I learned yes. when I was at uh I was fishing an open at Smith Lake and I learned that you can be on time but be past your check in time. And I didn't know that. Right. I got back <laughs> right. I got back like let's say I had to be back at like two o'clock right? Or 2.30. I got back at 2.30 and like 50 seconds after sitting on a bedfish trying to get my co-angler to catch this last fish. And I wasn't, as long as I wasn't back at 2.31, turned out I was on time. And I didn't realize, I didn't even know that. I was like, man, I'm late. This is the worst. And no, I wasn't. But God, while I thought I was late, it was horrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's, It's a, it's a, you know, there's just so many things that can happen. You could break down. You could get stopped by the game board. And that makes you like, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that I don't think, uh, if you don't fish tournaments that you don't factor in there. And getting to an area or having a breakdown or any of that stuff, it, it's, uh, you know, that that's a very stressful moment. Uh, so kind of getting rid of blast off, it, like I said, a year or two ago, not having a blast off, just, just looking at everything surface, I was like, man, that's whack. But now that I think about it, like I really think about putting myself in that position and not having a blast off, it's like, well, you know, I don't know, man. Like, it, it, like you said, you know, you can. I think those guys can actually launch wherever they're fishing, like it, where you know. It depends on the Detroit. tournament sometimes and like the rules. Uh, but I see. a lot of times they do let them do that, and it's I'm telling you, it's really slick to be like, oh, I'll just launch here and you know run two miles to where right. my fishing hole is. 
or where uh, it's a lot anyway. like the kayak tournaments, I, I guess, because I, I know the kayak guys, they can do that. They can launch wherever they want to. Yeah, but then you don't have to pedal to get there. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. So, but you know, you cut you cut down on your on your runtime as you mentioned, so you get to fish more. So, uh, I mean, who wants to complain about being able to fish more? Nobody. Fishing's the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. But it could be interesting. I, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely excited to uh, at the end of my career. I would love to be able to say I did that. I I think that. It doesn't seem like it's going away. Like, it seems like, obviously, folks have different opinions about about it. But from a standpoint of fish care, like, there are a lot of tournaments where I really, I, like, extremely wish we would just stop putting them in live wells. Because I love right. holding fish up, but, man, I feel so sorry for my pet smallmouths. Uh, right. <laughs> and when they ride right. around in a live right. well or something like that. So, like, I think that it seems like a thing that might become more common, whether it's catchway release in five or catchway release in as many as you can catch. But I'm definitely, I don't, I don't mind it uh, for sure. Um, looking I ahead. I think you're going to see, uh, I, I really think you're going to see this evolve over time. I, I could see the norm uh, being more of a hybrid type deal uh, where, where maybe you do waste some fish or a fish, um, or maybe, you know, you get to weigh your largest fish for the day. It's, or so, I could, I could see this evolving into, into something else. I don't think it's finished yet. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think this product is, is, is what it'll, what it's going to be forever. Uh, I do see it probably evolving because I mean, it is, it's still cool bringing fish to the weigh in. Like, I'm just going to be honest here. Like that's still really, really cool. That's fun. Um, and, it's hard to replace that for anglers and fans alike. Yeah. So I think perhaps this thing evolves into where, yeah, you do catch weigh release and then you just simply keep calling out your largest fish for the last, for, you know, pretty much the entire tournament day. So that you're only bringing in one or something like that. I think, I think it, it seems like the guys are, are really, really open to, um, kind of adjusting this format because you saw how they adjusted to the two pound minimum and then they adjusted to uh you know the heavy hitters tournament was kind of a, a neat deal so i i think you're going to see some adjustments in years to come <clears throat> i don't know what that looks like but i i do think it, you'll see see this format evolve over time you you are right about like weigh-ins and bringing in a big bag of fish like is something that it's very hard to replicate because, right. I mean, man, God, when you won at Seminole, like, I don't know if there was, uh, I don't know if there was any way for that tournament to be more dramatic or exciting than it was. Like, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, this year I watched uh, Destin Demarion weigh in in like a 29 pound bag, or maybe it was a 30 pound bag of smallmouth. And, like, right. It's pretty dang cool. Uh, yeah. So there's yeah, definitely cool, the old school is there for it's there for a reason too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, there's definitely a place for that in our industry, um, and you know, like conservation. We're like anglers. We're, we care about the places we fish, and we're gonna do our best to take care of fish because uh, because it hurt. You talk about eating a small mouth or a large mouth around a bunch of other competitors and 
it's almost like it's almost i mean you'd be better off to talk about some politics it can get really bad really ugly really quick so we care about our fisheries and our fisheries are the best they've ever been right now they they are they've almost there's very few lakes in the country that have been on a decline like everywhere is on on almost on an upswing of course we have bad years due to weather and so forth but there's very few lakes that are they're really on a decline because of uh people not taking care of fish so I don't think uh, I don't think it's something that we have to abolish at, at at any point. Is it better to release them as soon as you catch them? Absolutely, um, but there's also a balance because a we 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 do have a responsibility to entertain our fans. Uh, I mean, it can't this this thing as much as we want it to be just about us as anglers. It's it's not just about us as anglers. It's about fans, the next generation of fishermen. So if we're not reaching people and we're not inspiring people to fish, then we're not doing our job and eventually we're just going to vanish. So uh, that's why I think it will evolve because that is very, very important. And kids seeing guys weigh fish on scales, that means something to kids. Uh, you know, holding up a couple of fish on, on scales, I don't think that hurts anything. It, it only helps our sport. It only shows how much we appreciate the fish that we're catching. So um, I think it will evolve, and and you will see at least some fish walk across the stage on all levels at some point. Well, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Um, as far as like this year, um, you're signed up to fish. The first term is February. Uh, on Okeechobee, uh, day two of that event is going to be my birthday. In case you want to plan ahead for that. Wow! Wow! <laughs> uh, but uh, fifty years old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happened fast, man. Happened fast, but twenty twenty it was a long year. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. But uh, what's? I guess what are you looking forward to most this year? Um, or I mean, least you know, give me the superlatives. Um, you know, obviously when I look at the schedule, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I never had this mindset until sitting at, at, uh, I think it was last year in Canada, sitting at the table with Jacob Wheeler one day. I never used to look at the schedule and think that's one that I could potentially win. I don't remember if that was last year or, or year before, but I remember sitting at the table at some point in time in the last two years and Jacob asking me, what you know? What tournament you feel like you can win this year? And I kind of stuttered for a minute. Uh, but now I absolutely 100% after he opened my eyes to just how he thinks, I 100% look at a schedule and think, all right, Brian, like which one are you going to try to knock their lights out of? And there's probably three on there that like I feel really strong about, just because I think also I, I kind of know who I am as an angler a lot better than I did two years ago, three years ago. Uh, you know, I just, I just kind of went to tournaments and, and I, I tried to do whatever I, I heard worked best, but there's about three or four techniques that I, that I feel really confident in now. And there's a couple of lakes that I think set up for me to do the things that I do the best at. And so those two or three tournaments are ones that I'm licking my chops at that, you know, there's like tournaments in, in April that I've already booked all of my, my, housing for i've already started buying baits for 
you know, getting the, the specific rod and reel and line set up, like making sure I've got that to a T, like I've already started doing that. And I can't say that I've always done that because I, I honestly didn't know any better. Like I, I, I didn't know any better. I just thought you paid your entry fee and you get there and practice three days. But uh, now I know how to prepare for an event a lot better than I used to. Do you think when you won uh, at Seminole, like did that also, did that make, did that make it easier to believe that you could win or is that? Oh, 100%. Heck yeah. Absolutely, man. It's, I don't know. I'm sure you fished like weekend tournaments at home and local tournaments. The moment that you win your first tournament, I don't care if it's a $30 tournament. I don't care if it's against four people or 124 people. When you win, you automatically feel like, oh, I wasn't even on them that good that time. Like, you ought to see me catch them when I'm on them. And so <laughs> immediately it's you It's true. Feel I like, love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true. Like, you're like, man, I won today, and I was thinking I wasn't even going to win today. Like, I had kind of an off day. And so now you feel like the mo- every time you put your boat in the water, you feel like, dude, I might win today. I-, I literally might win. Like, I didn't catch crap in practice, but I might win. So – yeah, it changes your whole mindset. But that that honestly happened. I, I got all the credit and all the hoopla over Seminole, but it happened at Toho that that year. I didn't I didn't have a good practice at Toho last year or two years ago, and ended up finishing really well in the event. I can't remember. I, I don't think I made day four. I know I made day three. I'll, I'll find it out. But, I got some stats at my fingertips here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had uh, that twentieth. So you made day three. Twentieth. Yeah, that was the win right there. Because I'm telling you, like, I had a practice where that kind of practice where you call home and you're telling your wife, like, don't even bother watch weigh-in. I'll be home Saturday. We'll go get our we, – my wife and I, we always go get pedicures and stuff after I get home. I'm like, you know, just go ahead and schedule the pedicure. Uh, I'll be home Saturday at such and such time. I'm going to get my clothes packed and get home. It was that kind of practice. Oof. Like, I didn't think I was going to catch anything. And then – I go out the first day and I catch like a high 17 pound bag and I'm like, oh, you know, like I just didn't realize what I was on. Yeah, 18.3. And I caught it, you know, a pretty decent bag. And then I think I caught maybe 15 the second day, 15, something 10. like that. <laughs> and I really felt it was that was a moment where I realized, like, hey, dude, don't overcomplicate this. Just, just like what you found. And and looking back over the practice, even saying it now, I just tell you like how I didn't catch anything in practice, and I did. But in practice, you run through so stuff through so fast, trying to just get to the next area and see everything that you don't even realize what you fished, that or or what you're on. And I was doing all the right things. I just I didn't really believe until the tournament. Then I started to believe, like, hey man, you know what you're like. That was the moment where it clicked, and I said you know what you're supposed to do. You just don't, in my mind, I don't believe it yet. And so after that tournament, I really kind of started, if, if I go and I get three bites on laydowns, then in that tournament, I'm going to fish three laydowns like it's the winning bag of fish day. And so it kind of just snowballed into a 1,000% better year after that because I had much better practices the year before when I finished 98th. But I wouldn't believe in myself. And then after I kind of really started believing in what I was good at and believing in my practices that I had, I started doing better. How did you catch him at Toho? Because I think it's always interesting to 
I guess having the more I fish tournaments, the more like twentieth place is very interesting and impressive. Like it's really hard yeah. to do good in a tournament. So oh, yeah. like uh, and we never tell those stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about that first before we talk about, you know, the what I caught them on. People that don't fish high level tournaments, when I say high level, I really mean just, you know, I'm gonna say anything that's sixty or seventy boats and above. When you finish twentieth, good buddy, you caught them that day. You know what I mean? Like you when you finish a thirty eighth or fortieth, you had a great tournament. You were very close. You were probably one or two bites away from fishing on championship Sunday when you finish 20th or 25th or even 30th. There's just a tweak here, a tweak there, and now all of a sudden you got a, you're in contention for a win in most events. Of course, there's one or two here and there where that's not the case. But a lot of times, if you do that well in an event, you got a chance to win. So I've had people a lot of times, you know, like I'm like, hey, dude, I had a good solid week of fishing. And they're like, where'd you, where'd you finish? I'm like, 28th. They're like, oh, man, hold your head up. I'm like, no, bro, I'm happy. Like, this is good. Like, I had a good week. I don't necessarily judge my good tournaments by the result only. The result is part of that. But for me, a good tournament is a very efficient practice. I read my water good. I found the techniques that, uh, you know, I found the water that fits the techniques that I'm really good at. I go back in the tournament. I either replicate that and execute on catching fish or I adjust from practice and execute on catching the fish. Like that is, that's all I'm looking for in this. And whatever y'all decide to put me at in the standings is your business. I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. I don't have anything to do with how much they weigh. I don't have anything to do with, you know, where I'm at in the standings, where I win or, or any of that. I just want, I just want to go to my areas and, either adjust or just replicate what I found in practice. That's all I really want out of this. So that's my mindset. I'm never, I never leave a tournament, you know, with my head down in the sand thinking, woe is me. I like, even when I don't do that, well, it's always very clear what I did. And now I'm, now I'm eager to get to the next event. So so yes, to your point, you know, 20th is a pretty daggone good tournament. I'll take 20th all year, and probably if I finish 20th in every tournament, I guarantee I'll win the Angler of the Year. So yeah, I would say so. There's that. I mean, Jacob. Yeah, here's the that, thing: Jacob Wheeler's not fishing it next year, so yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Now, if he was, he I'd say you might need to finish five. like first or second all year, <laughs> but <laughs> first or second all yeah. year long, exactly, exactly. So yeah, that that's my mind mindset now. Now, as far as the bait that I caught him on his toe, God, I really don't want to talk about that. But what I, what I will say is, Florida has been traditionally. I, I think that was the only check, like tour level check, I've ever cast in Florida was that toe hole that year. And Florida's just so polar opposite of anything that I grew up fishing, like. Even though I fished my whole life, I, did, I don't know. Like That's just so foreign to me. And I finally got about three baits. I really overcomplicated it for so, for so long. I just made it way complicated. doesn't mean I won't ever have a, a tough finish there again, but now I realize that Florida is probably the most simple place to fish ever. It's almost like saltwater fishing. You could take a lunch baggie of baits and really do everything you need to do 
And now that I realize that, I can't really wait to get to Okeechobee now. Like, I'm I'm dying to get to Okeechobee. I've been there so many. It's, Okeechobee is like Seminole that ever starts and all. Yeah, the, I mean, you fished the, the southeastern division, so you fished Okeechobee. <laughs> I have fished Okeechobee so many times, so I feel like I'm due for a good event there because I've never done good there at all. So I feel like I'm due for a good event. I've got my three or four Florida baits that I'm really confident in. So I, it just it's the lake becomes very small when you know what you're good at. When you when you kind of just hodgepodge in a bunch of different baits and kind of entertaining the idea of doing what everybody else does, the lake seems intimidating. But now that I know what I what I, what I can do, the lake seems very small and. I, I, you know, I'm just excited to, to, to see what I can do down there. All right. I will say you did never answer the question of how you caught him at, uh, Toho, but I'll let you off the hook on that if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I caught him on my three, my, my three little Florida bait that I like that I feel really good about. That's, 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 that's enough. Watch my YouTube if you want. I think I even took that Toho tournament down. I do that. That's definitely a thing I do. I'll take tournaments down sometimes if, we're going, if I see it on the schedule. Gosh. Um, Tournament well, angles are sneaky, Jody. Oh, it's yeah. sneaky. Don't yeah, think yeah. for one second that they try to smite. When, when I won Seminole, all of a sudden, everybody that wasn't on that spot called me after the tournament and tell me that they found those fish too. But magically, they never showed up in the tournament. So, tournament angles are sneaky, 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 man. So, so yeah, I... I uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely I definitely have to uh be you, very you got three uh, baits in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to say I'm just learning it too. Like let me get two or three years in before I started before I start divulging too much on my, my little confidence base. Let me get a let me get it. Florida's kicked my butt too many times. Let me uh let me get some, some punches in too. All right. Well folks, if you want to know more about Brian Latimer's three baits that he uses in Florida uh, ask us during Okeechobee, and Kyle and I will find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if I do good at Okeechobee, then I have no problem divulging it after that. I want, I want, I need to, I need to have a good Florida event. One more good Florida event. All right. Um, how about Murray? It can't be. I don't know where Murray is in relation to Belton, but man, it can't be that far away. So this is the most embarrassing thing. I've been to Okeechobee way more times than I've been to Murray. Oh, no. <laughs> Murray. So here's the interesting thing about upstate. It's like, South you got to bring the heat because Gagliardi's in that tournament. <laughs> yeah, Gagliardi's going to be tough. Uh, Casey's going to be tough in that one, too. I saw he was fishing. He's going to be really strong in that one. Yeah. Um, I know absolutely nothing about Lake Murray. Just being completely honest. So right. in the upstate of South Carolina, within 45 minutes, I probably have seven tournament lakes. And Murray is about two hours from me, and I never went there. The The division of BFLs that I fished growing up, was that was a separate division down in the low country. So I never – I only fished tournaments. I didn't do a lot of uh, – only fished BFLs. I didn't do a lot of team tournaments growing up. Uh, you know, I, I just put all my resources in BFLs. And I fished the ones Savannah River Division, which was yep. in the upstate. And the South Carolina and Division fish fishes Murray. Murray. Uh, right, exactly. So, um, and you know, we never had Everstarts there. So once I moved up, we never had the Everstarts and Coasters and all the all those through the years. It was always at Santee. So I've even been to Santee 
more than I've been to Murray. But here's the thing. Murray is going to be one of those that sets up to do a few of the things that I really feel good about. And it's still, it's still uh, upland, like a Highland Reservoir Lake. So, you know, it's clear. It's, it's got herring in it, which I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot it's of got a lot of similarities to Hartwell. Like you're not going to feel well, foreign there. Right. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of licking my chops on that one. Only thing is, you know, when we get to April, you don't know what you're going to get in South Carolina. April can be any and everything. It could be spawning tournament. It could be way post-spawn. Uh, it could be some pre-spawn, post-spawn, and spawning. It could be, and it most likely will be a little bit of all of that. But until you get about two weeks before that event, I couldn't tell you what they're going to be doing exactly. You you said a, a little while ago that you learned a lot this year and that you've learned like what you're good at. I assume fishing in the fall probably like it taught you some stuff. It also probably crystallized oh, yeah. some stuff. Um, what? Oh yeah, yeah. What are those? What are those things where you're like, hey, these are my these are my times. Yeah, the, the fall time. You know, we when I was fishing BFLs back in the day, we did have a few fall time tournaments and with the super tournaments, but it was one of those deals. Like people think that I'm just making up a sob story. Like I didn't have money then. Like I did not have money. So I fished my four BFLs in the spring and then I had to put my rods down at work so I could have, I could get a, a head on cash flow to make it through the winter. So I'd be able to fish through the winter. So I never fished that much in the fall. I, I, I worked. So I would have money to fish in the spring because I ran a landscaping company. And there's about two months in there where you don't have any cash flow. So I had to make all my money in the summer. So when we got to the spring and I needed to fish and pay entry fees, that I, I needed to have enough money to last me until March when it was November. So, you know, like I had to work. I worked. So I didn't fish. I just didn't fish. And so this fall, I quickly realized that, dude, you don't really know how fish move in the fall. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Of course, I fun fished. I made YouTube videos, but it really exposed the fact that I don't have a darn clue what's going on when it comes to fall time fishing. So, after I finished, I think it was one twenty three at, at the open here at home, um, and then I had a bad one. I had some equipment failures this year too that really cost me two bad events. Just being, I don't bring that up a lot because I don't like, you know. I feel like when you put the work in, even if you have equipment failure, you're prepared for that. And the fact that I wasn't putting the work in contributed to it was just it just kind of compounded on the fact that I had some equipment failures. But uh, you know, I had those two two events, and then after that, I was like, "Nah, bro, it ain't going down like this." And I I started practicing, like I started fishing. I, I never go pre-practice lakes. I started pre-practicing. I studied more. I watched YouTube videos for hours upon hours and hours and hours. Uh, I studied Google Earth for hours and hours and hours because I was like, dude, this ain't gonna go down like this. Like, <laughs> not not you know, I might I might suck at fall time fishing, but it ain't gonna be because I didn't put my work in. So towards the end of the season, I kind of started to try to try to fix that situation. And I saw some improvement. Even even though the, the results weren't, like, astounding and I wasn't making top 12, 
the way I felt when I was competing was 3,000 times better because initially I would just fish and I didn't even, I just felt lost. I felt like everybody else was on 20 pound bags and I just, I had no clue what was going on. So after I started putting in the work, just the way I felt when I competed felt better. And, you know, I just, you know, I started having solid days and solid days leads to solid tournaments. And so it, it really just, uh, it exposed some holes in my game, uh, some things, you know, just some soft spots. It, it really did that, that I kind of thought, you know, I kind of got to, to really kind of thought who I got where I pretty much knew what I was doing, <clears throat> but those October, November, and December tournaments, no, they were like, nah, buddy, you got a lot, you got a long way to go. So I was pretty thankful for that. What do you think the best ways are to like, learn? well, I guess the best way to learn what you're not good at is to go out and get beat doing it. Uh, but like, yeah, what are the ways to, what, what are the best ways to improve on what you're not good at? You know what I mean? It's intentional practice. Um, you know, we, we're bad about saying this in tournament fishing, just uh, time on the water, time in the water. And that is not completely true, actually. Um, time on the water, obviously, is important, but it's intentional practice. So if you're not good at a tournament, how about, what if you studied videos on people that do that for 30 hours a week? Treat it like, like literally treat fishing like a job is what I did. I would get up in the morning and... I would look at videos on fall time fishing until 11:30. Then I'd eat lunch, and then I would start studying maps from 1:30 to 4. And then I, you know I go pick up my kids. I literally started treating it like a job. So it, you know, say whatever you want to say about a 30 second finish or a 53rd. Well, dude, like before, it's a heck of a lot better than 123. You know, so. And it wasn't even about the result. It was just the way, like, my mindset, the way I felt when I practiced. Like, I felt like I was productive out there once I actually started studying, you know, studying about how the fish move. Because I I just literally knew nothing about fall-time fishing. Did not understand the migration route. I just wasn't picking up the little subtle things that, that make you have a good tournament beforehand. But it's not all time on the water. It's, it's, that's just a part of the puzzle. Uh, I did go and start pre-practicing some events, but I really, really started to study every piece of content that I could. It didn't matter. I didn't care. I know professional fishermen have this this uh, weird disdain with YouTubers. I watched every YouTuber from pond fishing to old TV shows. Like I just soaked up every bit of information on the bodies of water that we were going to, I, I soaked it all up and just kind of watched other anglers do their deal. And it, it helped. When you see somebody do something that you're trying to do, you can visually see yourself doing it. So, you know, it just, uh, it gave me a little extra boost of confidence. No doubt. Are there any like fall time sort of, I'm not trying to shorten the learning curve too much here. Cause I know from my experience fishing in the fall in the South, it's like, super hard and i never got good at it whereas it's super easy up north <laughs> um but like right what right. uh is there anything you learned this fall that like hey this is something i'm gonna definitely take forward or this is a place that you should start does that make sense so i had i had a friend 
that is probably I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna say his name because it, it makes it seem like I'm being like a fanboy or a groupie. Talking I was literally talking to a to a buddy of mine, uh is probably one of the best FLW tour fishermen ever. And he made a comment to him to me. We we're just literally talking about our kids and so forth. And I was like, Yeah, man, I got this tournament on I don't remember Cherokee. I was like, Man, it's all that's all time fishing kicks my butt. He made this comment and it literally changed the way I saw it. He goes, fall time fishing is the same as springtime, but you don't get as many bites. And I was like, well, dang, <laughs> that's simple. And so I started taking that mindset to everywhere I went. So I'm primarily a shallow water fisherman and I can go deep, but I really rather not go deep if I can get out of it, especially in a competition. And so I immediately just forgot about, I just ignored everything that was deeper than probably five foot, six foot. And I stayed shallow all, all fall. And I just literally treated every tournament like the fish were moving to spawn. And, but I just didn't expect to get 20 bites a day. I expected to get seven or, you know, like a place like Cherokee, I expected to get a bite. And so that was kind of the mindset that I took from there on out. Not necessarily a bait. Of course, I've got my own little deal, the bait, cranking, throwing a sprinter bait, flipping. That's really, once you get outside of that, for me, the, the water gets a little muddy. Um, so I kept those three baits in my hand for, I think, the last four tournaments. And I cast three out of four chicks. Went from finishing 120s to literally putting four bait. You can watch this on my YouTube channel. I fish four baits or three baits for four events. And I call every single one of them on those, like on pretty much on the same baits. Uh, so I just took that mindset. It simplified everything for me. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just started to feel good. Like it, it, it felt good. I just rode around and looked for water on the, that I could catch fish on those few baits. That was it. I think simplifying things for you might not be the worst thing because I remember I practiced, I did a practice gallery with you at Kentucky Lake. And let me tell you, you did not have things very simplified based on looking at the inside no. of your tackle compartment. <laughs> wow. That lake. Yeah. Yeah. That's, see, that's the perfect example. Like that, uh, that tournament, I think that was my third year on tour. That was the worst year I ever had since I started fishing that year. That was 2018. That was the, Worst year I had. Um, and, yeah, I, I, that's what I was saying. Like, I didn't really know didn't really know who I was. It's almost like almost like an adolescence, like how, how kids are when they're in that 11 to 13-year-old range where they're just looking at their friends and trying to fit in and do whatever their friends are doing. I think, I think we get that same thing as fishermen early on. Like, well, they catch them on ledges at Kentucky Lake or – I saw Kobe Krieger catch him on a pop-ar at Kentucky Lake. Let me go do that. He did get some baller bites on a pop-ar that day. <laughs> I did. That stuff disappeared like freaking ice on hot pavement, dude. Vanished. <laughs> that just vanished. But, yeah, like now and, – and I did try that to a degree, the stuff that I was good at, because I don't think that particular year, I don't think I went out deep very much. But even though I did stay shallow, I didn't – I stayed shallow feeling like I was bunting instead of trying to hit a home run. And that attitude is a bad attitude. If the people at fish tournaments understand exactly what I'm saying. 
like I, I did what I what I feel like I do best, but I just I didn't I, I just didn't believe in it while I was doing it, and it makes you fish different when when you when you do what you believe in and like you go in it like all in, then that's when you do well. And several guys did well in that tournament fishing shallow, but I did it just kind of thinking that I was you know just bunting. Or I should have stepped up to the plate and like, look, dude, like I'm gonna fish shallow and I'm gonna catch 18 today. I didn't feel like that going into it, and that's a perfect example, right, right. there. Well, I've taken up a ton of your time. I'm not done quite yet, but the last time, yeah, obviously time. you made the uh, you made the Forestwood Cup. Um, I saw you there. Uh, I remember. I think I took some photos of you on the water day one. But the Forestwood Cup is like. Uh, it's a blur, and that was the last time I saw you. Before that, you and the family were here on the farm in Vermont. We fished. It was, like, just phenomenal. Yep. Um, how's, yep. like, just Great you week. and everyone doing? I mean, I want I want a life update on you and the crew. Making a bunch of babies is what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> just just spitting out babies one after another. Like, Are you going to be towing with a minivan soon? <laughs> yeah, we need a minivan and, like, you know how I like I, I fish out of my little aluminum boat here at home, and this summer we were entertaining the idea of getting like a twenty-three foot center console because I was like, man, I'm gonna have to carry all these kids around when I go fishing now. So since then, people people yeah, have those. <laughs> you know, I actually do want. I actually want a pontoon. Believe it. I I actually really want a pontoon. That seems cool to me. But what the pontoons are sort of like the minivans of bass of, of the boating world. I feel like uh, I agree. But they're still cool. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I got another baby since then, um, a little baby girl, Mia. Uh, so now I'm up to, I'm, I'm working my way to a five bass limit. I got three now, and I'm just searching for four and five, which I hope I never find, actually. I hope I don't find four or five. <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I got another one. you take if you want to make sure of that, you know. <laughs> we got we to gotta take them steps, good buddy. Them <laughs> steps have got to be taken, and soon <laughs> they have got to be taken. But I, uh, so that, you know, that's big news and that pretty much overshadows anything else that I could tell you about. I mean, uh, breath is good, you know, obviously with COVID and all that, school was a lot different uh, this year. You know, we did some homeschooling stuff or virtual stuff, which to me was homeschooling stuff. And my wife's in education too. So she had to go back to work. So I stayed home for, from August until early October, I was home with the kids every day. So that was definitely different. Let's just put it that way. That was, uh, that was challenging and different in and of itself. Um, so yeah, I was, I was kind of functioning as a stay home, stay at home dad and, and trying to do all those things that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, earlier this year, but everybody, we all made it through and we're, we're getting back to some sort of normalcy now here at home. Uh, you know, like Mike Brevin's playing basketball some, and he's back to face-to-face at school. And um, my wife, is she's doing all virtual learning at, at, uh, at her school. So, you know, we're doing the best we can. Uh, it's, it's, you know, 2020 wasn't really that bad for me, like a lot of people are saying. Like, it, it was different, but... Honestly, after the season that I had last year, man, like I was busy and I did not get to breathe 
all year long last year. It, it was a blessing to have about four months at home where I literally just stayed home and cut the grass, took off the trash. Like I, I get a little bit of like that makes me happy. Fishing at home, I did some stuff out of the kayaks, and uh, I, I probably needed to break a little bit because I could see really quickly how how guys get get burnt out because just between doing. You know, trying to trying to concentrate on my own platform, and then go here, do this. Sponsors calling you to do this, or um, you know, somebody calls you wants you to do a seminar here, or there, and it's like, you know, it, it was a lot. Or, or like a podcast, like two days after Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, podcast. Uh, yeah, everybody calls wants you to do a podcast. And, yeah, it was it was it was a lot, man. It, it really was, and it, it was something that I probably can honestly say I wasn't ready for I didn't I didn't know I I didn't know you know I, I did I just didn't know so the break that we had was, was definitely real well received on my end all right well I guess I'm gonna leave it here uh but man it's been a pleasure talking with you before I let you go where uh well do you want to plug anything and then where can folks find uh more Brian Latimer oh uh, of course you can check me check find me on YouTube and that's really all you need to find. Everything you need to know about me is on YouTube. Just type in the search bar, be that Brian Latimer or something like that. And that'll send you everywhere else you want to go. That's Spiderweb, anything you want to know about me, I would say. All right. Well, uh, man, it was a pleasure talking with you. And uh, Happy New Year. And I will see you in Florida in February. Sounds good, man. I'm looking forward to it.